Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm joined here at the State Capitol Building in Springfield by Shane Hartman, the Executive Director of the Illinois Church Action on Alcohol and Addiction Problems, statewide nonprofit organization dedicated to preventing problems caused by alcohol, other drugs, and gambling. How does Illinois Church Action do that, given the proliferation of alcohol, other drugs, and gambling? Well, our main focus right now is prevention and education. Uh, we know all those things are already going on and, and keep getting bigger and everywhere in the state, especially here in Springfield. Our main focus right now is getting the kids educated and let them know the risk of gambling and addiction and all those other things as well. How do you educate the kids? Or you go to schools, what happens? Our new plan is to, to go to as many schools as we possibly can. Uh, we're creating our own curriculum, educate the kids and give them tools that they need to prevent addiction. That's the key right there is how do we reach the kids and, and what medium do we use to do that? There's some great videos out there right now on fentanyl and methamphetamines and, and we're trying to incorporate some of that into our curriculum and we just want to be able to reach the kids where they're at. But the kids are so inundated with all this stuff, gambling, it's on their phones, go to the pot shop, who knows if they're asking questions about age, and easy to pick up alcohol here and there. It's an uphill battle, isn't it? Oh, of course. I've got six kids, so this is hits close to home for me, and I just I want to give my own kids those tools and be able to make great decisions, decisions that will impact the rest of their lives, and I want to I spread that message across the state to the other kids. Well, what message hits home with them? The main thing is to let the kids know that you care. You care about their future, you care about where they're at now. You want them just to be the best possible adult they can grow into and, and just make good decisions while they're young. And that connects with them. It does. Really, I'm a little surprised, given what we see in social media and what have you. Well, social media is, presents a picture that's not quite true. There's lots of filters and suggestions that if I just do this or take that or Make, take these steps, I'll be famous and popular and I'll have lots of followers and if I just take this drug or have plastic surgery or, or I promote these products, I'm gonna be popular and famous and, and kids are starting to see through some of that. Do you think there's any kind of link between all these other vices, addictions, and porn addiction? Oh, I think it all comes from the same place. I think people search to fill this gap they have in their heart. We would love for people to all come to know Jesus and find him as their savior and messiah, but you know, people are searching. They're searching for love. They're searching for answers. They're searching for acceptance. They're searching for something to fill that gap in their heart and lives. And it's just really tough for people out there. There's all these doors to open. And unfortunately, it's gambling, it's pornography, it's drugs, it's alcohol. Much easier to follow that door than to be more enlightened and, and choose to follow Christ. And follow that narrow path. Right. Right. Let's talk about gambling. Recent New York Times article outlined the tremendous growth of gambling across the U.S. What are the signs that it's just all too much? Well, you can see there was a recent report released back in April. There's over a million Illinoisans addicted to gambling. 
they've already done the reports, they've released the information, and yet they're still building new casinos, they're still coming out with new lotto games, they're still introducing sports betting to these kids at the universities. DraftKings are in bed with a bunch of universities now for millions of dollars. It is everywhere. Well, what did Illinois look like, let's say, 10 years ago, the addiction number? Illinois' rules were a lot more restrictive 10 years ago than they are today. Big money talks in Illinois, unfortunately. So that's contributing to a significant increase of course. in gambling addiction right here in Illinois. Yeah, over a million people right now. The report came out in April. All this gambling cannot be good for communities. You think Chicago getting the casino and big casinos in Aurora and Joliet. How does this impact smaller communities? It's the same thing everywhere on different per capita basis. Like I come from a little small town. I live out in the country and close to where I live is a small town and there's three different establishments. You could go gambling and use the slot machines there and you see the social impact. The, the big buy-in was, oh, we'll get all these tax dollars. What they forgot was a social impact where people are losing their homes and their jobs and their marriages and their families. So there's a big social impact. Sure. And the lawmakers apparently didn't figure that in. No, I don't, I don't think they were thinking about families and, and keeping people safe and, and doing the right thing for sure. How does this stuff pass? A lot of evidence that this is just not good for Illinois. Big money talks, unfortunately. We're fighting the Goliath. It's just huge. Money talks, unfortunately, and people just buy into it and buy into it. We tell them, hey, there's all this research that gambling's bad. Hey, these slot machines are bad. Hey, these casinos are bad. The crime rate goes up every time a casino goes up. There's evidence. There's empirical evidence. There's independent research, and they still keep building casinos. They still keep adding to the lottery. They're doing the sports betting. Money talks. Yeah. So Big Gambling Inc., is donating money to the campaigns of course of these lawmakers who are voting pro-gambling. I just came on as the executive director a year ago and I had no idea that they could contribute. Out of my ignorance I had no idea that outside entities could contribute to campaigns. It's in black and white, it's apparent, it's transparent, you can read who gives what money to who and suddenly their decisions change in favor of those that they're getting donations from. It's all out there. It's not a secret. It's not illegal. It's amazing to me. I was just blown away when I figured that out. Wow. So if you wonder why your lawmaker voted for something that you oppose, maybe you've had a conversation with them, well, there may be money behind that vote. There's an expression, follow the money, and it's just over and over and over again. Again, I, I'm speaking, I was ignorant and, and had no idea that's how it worked. I thought that would be absolutely illegal if no matter what interest you had, if they were funding your campaign, you should not be able to vote that way, but that's not true in Illinois. Well, well maybe we need ethics reform in Illinois. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> let, let me be on that committee. Okay. Well, a recent uh, Illinois Church Action Newsletter noted that sports betting in Illinois now adds up to $156 per second, per second. That's almost unbelievable. Who's making all those bets and how? Well, unfortunately, a lot of the athletes are making these bets. A lot of the kids in the, on the campus are making these bets. And of course, the folks that were struggling with addiction to gambling anyway are making these bets. Now you have a whole nother field you can bet on besides the, the normal. Now you can bet on the college football game. Now you can bet on how many points he's gonna get, how many yards he's gonna receive. 
and it goes on and on. And on and on. I think your predecessor, Anita Bedell, said you can even bet on Little League games. You can bet on the weather. <laughs> I had no idea. Again, this was all new to me, and I'm like, what? You, you can bet on a soccer game across the world. It's just this amazing thing. You can bet on absolutely anything. Somebody will hedge your bets and, and take your money. And there are so many sports fans out there. I'm among those. I watch a lot of pro football, a lot of college football, a lot of baseball. And it seems like everything now is geared towards sports betting. It's being ramped up and it's being pushed on us. I think they want to normalize it so it looks like this is a normal part of a baseball game. I, I love baseball. I love the Cubs. We might win another 108 years. but I'll forgive you for that <laughs> <laughs> as a White Sox fan. <laughs> but it's just amazing to me. It's not even a game anymore. You, you watch for a few moments and then here's an ad that pops up for DraftKings or draft duels and, and bet on this play. Or do, are they going to score? How, how far is the run going to be? Are they going to score to third? Are they going to steal the base? It just kills it for me. Absolutely takes all the fun out of the game. And, and the worst part is that they're normalizing it for kids. The kids are now saying, oh, we should bet on this. You know, it's a, a short jump from, oh, I watched the game with my dad to, hey, we should bet on this game. I saw the 25 commercials already. Well, the kids... They can't bet legally, but they're doing it, right? Of course. They have access to a phone and a debit card, a PayPal account, and, and countless other ways. And they sneak their mom and dad's credit card out of their wallets and stuff like that. Over and over again. You see it. It's just constant. There's no true age verification. You put in your date of birth, and the kids have figured this out a long time ago. Oh, if I put in the, the proper date for being 21, then I can get in this. There's no verification whatsoever on any of these games. Well, couldn't lawmakers say, we need to do something to crack down on that type of activity? Kids getting access to gambling sites. Is that an impossibility? There's a bill on the federal level that I'm excited about. It doesn't solve all the problems, but it's at least a step in the right direction. It's called the Kids Online Safety Act. I think there's a positive momentum behind it. I hope it passes. I'm praying it passes. But it puts restrictions in place and makes it a little harder for kids to get access to those type of gambling applications. It's, it's good. It's not perfect. I'm sure there'll be ways around it, but it's a step in the right direction. Are there enough votes to pass it? It's really close. I, I, I hope it will pass. Really, a bill like that couldn't get passed in our Congress. I hope to think that I'm not so naive that it will pass. I, I think it will pass. I don't know how you could argue against protecting our kids. I just think it will pass. It's a good, it's well written. I think it goes a long way to help our kids and protect our kids. I, I just hope that I'm on the right track and believe that it truly will pass. Well, if it doesn't pass, that's just another sign, another big indication of the influence of Big Gambling Inc. Exactly. It's all, we're all fighting against the same thing. B big money, big gambling. Kids gambling. Maybe they're just betting a little bit here and there. But it's going to lead to possibly a lifetime of addiction problem. Exactly. My kids love playing games online, and, and you compete against other kids playing online, and they've got this thing called eSports, and you can bet if your team will beat the other team. They're already introducing betting to these kids. There's hidden loot boxes inside these video games. If, if you pay an extra $10, you'll have what they call a skin, and your, your player will be able to do more stuff than the other guy's player. Well, then next week it'll be a $20 skin and a $30 skin. It just introduces them to gambling like it's normal. Everything's normal. Bet on this, or, or you'll get these points, or you'll get this in-game token that makes you better, faster, smarter than the other player. It's already there. It's already in place to program these kids to gamble. 
Well, given the influence that gambling interests have, do you think there's going to ever be a push for lawmakers to lower the age for legalized gambling? I see it coming. I, I absolutely hate the idea of lowering the age. It's just one more brick in the wall of destroying our families. And I wouldn't put it past him. No, no, I'm just am surprised with what gets by and, and the evil that's out there and, and all to make a buck. I'd be surprised if they didn't try that, I guess. Right. Well, the state of Illinois collected something like $1.9 billion in gambling revenue in fiscal year 22. I guess that's the latest figure. How do you go about convincing lawmakers that this is bad for Illinois? I wish I knew the answer to the question. I, I, I would love to have that answer because I sure want to tell every one of them. It, it's amazing to me. And, and where's the money going? How is it actually benefiting our state? Our roads should be perfect. We should have all kind of public programs. Social services should be off the chain helping all these people. Where's their addiction programs? Where is this money going? Well, where is it going? Who's making the money off of all this? It's not benefiting the state, at least not that I've seen. Okay. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We're speaking with Shane Hartman, the executive director of the Illinois Church Action on Alcohol and Addiction Problems. We're going to talk drugs after this timeout. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Recently, National Geographic covered the growing trend of experts that are now questioning the efficacy of marijuana as a treatment for certain ailments and for what it's most commonly prescribed for, pain relief. Instead, as Meryl Lando writes, a recent study found that 67% of the relief from pain reported by people treated with cannabinoids was also seen among those who received a placebo. This suggests that the pain reduction was not due primarily to compounds found in cannabis, but to people's expectations that it would help. That positive expectation was based in part, says the authors, on over-enthusiastic media coverage. While all of this, even as evidence continues to mount, as one expert wrote last year, of increased psychiatric difficulties with marijuana use, including violence, psychosis, schizophrenia, manic episodes, worsening depression, and suicide. Look, the legalization movement was largely built on promises of miracle cures, financial windfalls, entitlement. Apparently, that was never the whole story. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. I'm Monty Lurick, and with me at the State Capitol in Springfield is Shane Hartman, the new Executive Director of the Illinois Church Action on Alcohol and Addiction Problems. Shane, the Pro-Criminal Safety Act is going into effect. What impact will that have on drug use and drug addiction in Illinois? I can only speculate, and I hope I'm wrong. I think it'll just increase. There's no real punishment for any crime anymore. They can't really arrest you for even a violent crime. They can ask you to leave. It, it just strips the police of any authority and, and power to protect the people of Illinois. So maybe you have a major drug conviction. You might not face real hard time. I, I sincerely doubt it with the way I interpret the law. And, and they'll probably give you a loan to open your own dispensary shortly after your sentence. That could happen. The way the system is set up now, that they want folks with drug convictions to open their own dispensary because they're at a disadvantage to other folks. You can deal drugs and eventually make money off of it. 
Of course, you can do it on both sides, illegal then legal, with the way the programs are set in place. As part of their social equity program they've created, and, and a lot of those folks applied for these licenses for dispensaries, but couldn't get the funding to back them. Well, now Illinois is providing loans for those folks. I had no idea. That's happening. That's happening right now in Illinois. Our tax dollars. At work. Okay. We're paying for the dispensaries. Well, it's my understanding that lawmakers want to legalize the use of LSD, uh, blast from the past, uh, for veterans experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder. Your thoughts? It sounds like a good thing. Well, I happen to be a vet, a Rocky War vet, and I think it's absolutely the worst possible thing you can give to somebody that's already suffering from visions and seeing things and dealing with the trauma of war is to give them a hallucinogen. I'm not a doctor by any means, but it just sounds like the most insane thing you could do. If you remember back a few years ago when they were trying to legalize marijuana, they said the same thing and used the same propaganda that this is going to help our vets, that our vets are using this medical marijuana. And it's the same scenario, the same speak they spoke just a few years ago in order to get their point across, that we're helping vets. Well, we need to stop this. How can people listening, what can they do to help stop this from passing? You have to be diligent. You have to watch what the laws are coming. You have to watch the rhetoric that's coming and stay on top of it. Sign witness lips opposing these bills that are coming out. Watch our newsletters. Watch our Facebook feed. Watch our action alerts. It's on there. Every time a new bill comes out, I'm speaking about it. I'm telling you to usually to oppose it. How do people get access to that? You can reach me a few different ways. We've got a website called ilcap.org. It's I-L-C-A-A-P.org. You can send me an email directly. It's right on the website. You click contact us. It gets you right to me. We're at ilcap at sbcglobal.net. Send me an email. I'll get you on our email list. Every time a bill like this comes out, I want to send the word out. Listen, I get your emails, and they're very informative, and they're very timely as well. So thank you very much. Thank you. Lawmakers could also reclassify certain drugs. Explain what all that's about. If you change the classification on a federal level of what a drug is ranked at, it changes the law. And then once it allows it to be available, like they're trying to pass the National Banking Act right now so that you can take the proceeds from marijuana and actually bank actually use a normal, regular bank to funnel those proceeds to pay your bills, to have an account. Right now it's technically illegal, although they go around it anyway. It's the same kind of thing. If, if they change the classification of, say, LSD, then it could be readily available. And then we'll have dispensaries that are dispensing LSD and methamphetamines and fentanyl and you name it. It's all going to be out there and legal so that we can make tax dollars off of it. Well, they've already legalized the recreational use of high potency, high THC content marijuana. What's coming next? Are they going to legalize heroin, cocaine, meth, fentanyl? I certainly hope not. The rumors, and again, just rumors, I can't prove, I can't quote any sources, but the rumors is this all in the pipeline that they're gonna attempt to legalize every quote unquote illegal drug that's out there now. So we can make sure that they're safe and that anybody can use them and that check the quality of them, make sure people are using these drugs safely is, is their recommendation. You get something we totally don't agree with at all. Well, what's the real reason why they want to do this? Money. Tell me. It's greed. It's just absolute greed on all levels. They figured out they can make money off the illegal drugs as well. It, it's a big pharmaceutical going the opposite direction. And we'll just make money off of anything we can and sell our Illinoisans to the devil. Well, a lot of communities are now allowing recreational pot shops and they're collecting tax revenue from that. 
they're raking in a lot of money. And so down the road, they're going to have to make a decision. Well, do I want to have a recreational cocaine shop, et cetera? You see where I'm going here? Yeah, it's so scary to me that everything's okay. Everything that's evil is okay now. You know, use it responsibly. And look how great that's worked for everything else in the state of Illinois. Well, what do you say to communities who have held the line on recreational pot sales, but they see their neighbors all raking in a lot of tax revenue from the sale of this high THC content marijuana? How do they hold the line? I think they have to stand firm with their convictions and say this is not acceptable here, not in our town, that we're going to stop this from our, get our kids getting it and getting all this high THC. Again, like you mentioned, this is not the THC levels that we're used to from the 60s. In the 60s, it was like 4% THC. Now it's 96 to 98% THC. Well, what are the prospects of the legislature addressing the THC content in legal marijuana? Could they ever say, hey, listen, uh, 10%, 15% is the limit. There was a bill on the books last year that I was very excited about that didn't go anywhere, and the limit was somewhere around 14%. And it was the first bill I've ever seen introduced that actually regulated and said, hey, this is the, the top of the mark that we can allow THC to be sold at. And I was so excited about it, and it didn't go anywhere. Why didn't it go anywhere? It, it wasn't popular with the big drug companies. It wasn't popular with the other politicians. They're all on the same bus. It was a great bill. I loved it. I wish it'd go farther along and say, oh, no, the top is 6% or, or something like that. Just yeah. any attempt to regulate it to get the THC down. And marijuana interests probably said, no, 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 do that. No, no, no. We want to get it to 100% and, and be able to sell you this great, amazing product that has no side effects, according to the big companies. And they're up against the black market marijuana. Exactly. It was supposed to take away the black market was one of their big selling points, and it's actually increased it. They can still go down the street to their local drug dealer and pick up the same kind of materials at much less cost than you would have to pay for it at the dispensaries and pay tax on. Well, we've had legal high-potency marijuana for a couple of years now here in Illinois, and the sky has not fallen. We're not hearing about the negative consequences, are we? Well, there's been a 4,000% increase in toddlers and ingesting edibles and being rushed to the emergency room, the poison control has received a 4,000% increase in calls for kids injecting these edibles. Those edibles, they look like candy. There was a lawsuit about a year ago, a company was making a Skittles, and the packaging looked like Skittles, the, the product looked like Skittles. For any lay person, they would think it was Skittles, and, and they since pulled that from the shelves. But there's gummy bears, there's all these other products out there that look just like candy, regular everyday candy you would give your kids. What do you hear about car collisions, crashes related to marijuana use? Are they up? They're doing a lot of studies right now. Oftentimes the statistics include both. It's alcohol and marijuana in people's systems. It is up. They're trying to determine which, which is the bad factor of that, the, the alcohol or the marijuana in the systems. But it's, it's gone up, I think, about 30% as far as impaired driving. But there's, they're really struggling to monitor which part is the, the worst of the two. There, it's a dangerous combination to have alcohol and marijuana in your system. And people are driving and having accidents and people are dying. If you watch Fox News, a lot of the illegal immigrants are bringing illegal substances into the U.S., fentanyl, what have you. Is that contributing to this drug problem in Illinois and around the nation? Is that kind of talk overblown or is that the reality? I know it's happening. I don't know how much of that is increasing the, uh, the availability like fentanyl. Fentanyl's 
There was over 2,000 fentanyl overdoses last year. They're putting fentanyl in everything to increase the high of illegal drugs. And you could have one injection of fentanyl and die. People are overdosing and dying from one hit of fentanyl. Well, a lot of people are using this new legal high-potency marijuana. Who are these people? Is it just young people, people my age? You know, I'm 66 years old. Who's using? Everyone. It's all across the board. I, I thought it would just be young people uh, when they made it legal, but it's across the board. Folks that grew up maybe in the 60s or the 70s want to relive their youth, and they're using uh, recreational marijuana now. Uh, just every age group, from, from teenagers all the way up. And are they moving on to other drugs, like cocaine, heroin, et cetera? It's always been called a gateway drug. When it became legal, a lot of people's logic was, well, if it's legal, it's safe for us. And then they are branching out to other drugs. Well, if marijuana is good for us, what else could be? Is marijuana usage contributing to the workforce shortage? Oh, look at the trucking industry. So many people with CDLs cannot pass a drug test in order to get a job in the trucking industry. They have huge losses in just one industry, just the trucking industry. Well, Illinois Church Action, what's ahead for your organization? We're just going to keep fighting the, the Goliath. We, we know from the Bible story that David won in the end, and we're just going to keep telling people it's bad, keep giving people tools, keep educating people about the bills that are coming out, keep encouraging people to oppose these bills, to write their congressmen, their senators, their representatives, and say, we oppose this. We do not agree with what's going on. You know, I'd like to wrap up with this question. I want to look into your crystal ball here. <laughs> Ten years from now, what will lawmakers and the medical community be saying about recreational marijuana? I think they're going to see the, the negative side effects from this recreational marijuana. There will be enough data in ten years that will show it's not good for us, it's not good for our systems. Anytime you take a plant and synthesize it and, and change it and change it and change it, it has a negative effect. In my heart and mind, I, I hope that the pendulum swings the other way and says, oh, this is bad, we shouldn't be doing this. This is at a dangerous level. We need to rethink our policies and our laws and, and make our, our world a safer place. Shane Hartman, thank you so much. Thank You're you. A wealth of information. And uh, thank you for your work and the work of Illinois Church Action. Once again, people want to connect, what do they do? You can reach me a couple of different ways. Um, we have a website called illcap.org, that's I-L, AAAP.org. It's three A's in that. You can find me there. You can email me at ilcap at sbcglobal.net. You can call me at 217-546-6871. You can sign up for our what we call action alerts, our emails. Thank you. God bless Shane Hartman and Illinois Church Action. And thank you folks for tuning in. Please support the work of the Illinois Family Institute. And remember our big Worldview Conference coming up Saturday, May 18th. If you'd like more information, go to IllinoisFamily.org and click events. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit IFIaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at IFIaction.org.